Say hello to our friend Jeremy Markovich. NC Rabbit Hole is the newsletter. And he watched all of season three of The Outer Banks on Netflix, so we didn't have to. We appreciate you, Jeremy, for doing I'm here that. for you. So in the I'm, I'm in, here to serve. In the newsletter, you said there's a and it's appropriate we're having this conversation on 420, but there's mm-hmm. a there's a drug dealer on the Outer Banks that you said is the most quintessential North Carolina character on the show? By far. How? By far. <laughs> like How? okay. So, so, so let, me, let me let me just let me just set this up. So, neither one of you are, are Outer Banks viewers. I tried like, to watch right? the first season and I checked out. It was too terrible. It was too okay. terrible. Okay. Um, I lean into the terrible because I fine. Like you know, like like okay, you like like look. I watched bad. Gossip Girl. Gigantic... I watched Gossip Girl. Whoa, whoa. Okay, well that, okay. that's good. Like you have the prestige television, then you have like the other right. Television. And Gossip Girl kind of filled that trash television need that I had. And Outer yes. Banks just couldn't do it for me. But anyway. Yes. So so Outer Banks is very much in the in the genre of like like one of the greatest strengths of the Outer Bank of Outer Banks is that like none of the characters actually really evolve. Like, you know, like them breaking bad and Walter White kind of right. goes on this journey from being like a high school teacher, then be he ends up as like a criminal mastermind. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't happen. Everybody on that show is in the exact same place at the end of season three as a person, as they are at the beginning of season one. It's su- they just it's have succession. to be finding more treasure than they used It's to. succession without the prestige, without the good acting. Yes, but it's also like a really, really like pretty place. Like okay. they, they, they go to Barbados, yeah. they end up like in South America. Like it's shot like in gorgeous places. But again, like you know who the good guys are and who mm-hmm. the bad guys are. And like most of the characters are like kind of too good to be true like the really bad guy and again spoilers here if you were having not watched it it's been out for like two or three months so it's fine um <laughs> like like ward cameron um played by a dude who actually used to be on whose line is it anyway um is like the the, the bad guy and the bad guy is only good the only, the only reason he could be a bad guy is because he's got a ton of money and he can just tell everybody to fix his problems for him because he just pays him like that's how that guy works okay the best character on this show is a is a is a drug dealer named Barry, and he basically he enamored himself to me like early on in like season one and season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shows up. This 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 is this is why I think he's the quintessential North Carolinian. Um, he shows up to like a giant party where everybody, all these like quasi teenagers, are drinking like Pappy Van Winkle at a like huge plantation house. Oh, okay? fancy. Um, and so, which like, again, not really, like they, maybe you can get like one bottle of Pappy, maybe two, Sure. not enough to like have a hundred people over your house and, and just mixing it with Coke. And everybody, like, like and every, if you, if you end up at this party with Pappy Van Winkle, everybody's getting like an eyedropper of like a one ounce pour because you have to milk the bottle. So you're saying people are mixing Pappy with soda? Who would people do such People are just a thing? like, just throwing it around. Like, like it's just, you know, whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm so rich. I have Pappy everywhere. Awesome. Um, again, a work of fiction. I understand. <laughs> but is this uh, legitimately this filmed Barry in the Outer Banks? No, it's in South Carolina. It's a, yeah, they shoot it in South Carolina. Again, work of fiction. They they uh, this dude Barry shows up, and again, everybody's like dressed like 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 really preppy. They're drinking uh, Pappy. He shows up in a in a Tyler Hansbro jersey. Mm-hmm. He's in a Hansbro jersey. He's in a Hansbro jersey. Perfect like rolls in doesn't ask anybody he's like what's up and he calls the he calls the the, the main character in in that place 
um, he refers to him as country club, which is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy lets him get away with it because uh, Barry has cocaine. So basically he's allowed to just do whatever he wants sure, to this guy. He's got the goods. He's got the goods and he can get away with it. He's great. But like, I'm like, I have seen, I have seen like Hansboro Jersey guy oh, around, yeah. like hanging around many places in yeah, North Carolina. Like yeah. I, that, that is, that rings very true to me. Yeah, I can. I, we we know some people that are totally a Hansborough jersey guy, and they're wearing. Yeah. Uh, they're probably wearing the same athletic basketball shorts they've had since high school, and they're grown ass men, and it's like all ratty, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. hopefully, is it, hopefully this is not hitting too close to home for you. No, I mean, I used to have, I used to have a Gerald Wallace Bobcats jersey. That's that's about the most regrettable oh, thing that I had. I think. For a while that i would wear like unironically yeah honestly i don't wear basketball jerseys because like i don't like i'm already chunky as it is like i don't need to accentuate the dad body even more at this point with a basketball jersey it's not flattering on me yeah and then this and this one was like not a it was not a very good jersey um it was a bootleg you know, one was, i saw the you know, picture not a very good team yeah it was a it was a bootleg it was a bootleg thing too yeah the, yeah what it was like a pinstripe one it was terrible um but yeah this dude rolls up like that in, in a hansbro jersey and jorts and and has like the side spike thing oh yeah the side cut thing happening was he wearing hey dude shoes he was not i don't think he was i couldn't tell if he was wearing hey dude shoes yeah hey dudes are really hot right now for some reason but anyway yeah all right jeremy um thank you for entertaining us and updating us on outer bank season three i'm glad you watched it because i didn't want to watch it i'm available for any questions you may have so If you want to drag this out for like another month, we can do that. Maybe we can. Check out the NC Rabbit Hole newsletter uh, where you can get into that kind of stuff. And Away Message is back. Did I catch that? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Big news. Uh, It's it's back. It's come back in some form, in some way, somehow. Awesome. Podcast, you can listen to it. Very, very cool. Jeremy, appreciate it, man. All right, see ya. All right, take it easy. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio, who does wear Hey Dudes. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600 600700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Look up 999 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Shout out to everybody who helped us get over 4,000 subscribers. You know what that means? It's time to get to 5,000 subscribers. And then we're going to put ranch dressing in coffee for Joe Giglio to consume. Oh. No, not nothing ranch. You, you had mayo in coffee. Why I, won't you do ranch? And I'm okay with mayo. I told you I can't do ranch. <laughs> Which is why. I'm like, wait a second. What you did, never, I, you never what should, did I get you, myself into? You never should have told me that. Right. Yeah, ranch is gross. There's something better to do for 5000 than that. Uh, tattoos. Wait. No, we said 10000 for tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. We said 10000 um, I'm trying to, for 5,000 subscribers, I feel 5, like. 5,000. I feel like you are now entering into bourbon bro territory after you had good, like, decent I had bourbon. A taste of good bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah you finally like, had a taste. Hey, like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, whoa. hey. That's what everyone's been talking about. This maker's Mark 46 AF bad. How did he do this? What is this sorcery? Actually, what I would do for 5,000 subscribers, I'll see if we can borrow some of that Pappy Van Winkle from Wayne. How will we pay it back? 
if we're borrowing, you're just giving it to us. We'll give him the notoriety. Wayne is a clout chaser. Oh, okay. Wayne loves clout. Like, he absolutely loves being, like, on social media mentioned that he has Pappy. So just the mere me- – the, the fact that I'm even talking about it, I'm sure he, his spidey senses are tingling. Point being, we might have you, who knows nothing about bourbon, just oh, have yeah, some yeah. Pappy and, like, make people mad. I'd be here for that. People are mad at the Islanders. People are mad at the officiating last night, and I don't blame them. Uh, I'm, I really have no time for the Islanders complaining about some of the non-calls, uh, especially considering they got away with it when, what, Matthew Martin left his skates and hit Jordan Stahl in the back and then sat on him and only got two minutes for interference. So people can spare me. The Islanders can spare me on some of the things that may or may not have gone their way. Tough break, guys. Here's Adam Gold, two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, ladies and germs, I've got two minutes for what happened at PNC Arena last night. Brought to us by our good friends at Dysart Willis, defending people the right way. And honestly, no real good defense for what the Islanders were about last night. I think they decided that they really couldn't skate with Carolina, so why not try to rough them up? It was a fairly chippy, dirty, nasty, it was a playoff game, but maybe just a little bit more edgy than Carolina wanted out of game two of the series with a one nothing lead late in the first Carolina pushing for more and this everything's happening here in the final 20 seconds and the Hurricanes have drawn a power play to start the second period Jordan Stahl is in some pain yeah that was kind of messy fortunately Jordan Stahl came back and finished the game but I don't envy the way he may feel today or tomorrow going into game three which should be a lot of fun up on Long Island. Thankfully, after all that stuff happened and the Islanders actually took a 3-2 lead, Jacob Slavin tied the game with a goal off the mask of Ilya Sorokin and in, and then Jesper Faust came to their rescue in overtime. Now it's Burns back in Carolina. Across for Jesper Faust, he scores! But after the game, we got bad news, and Rod Brindamore was none too pleased. Tavo Teravine in broken hand is out. 425 marker, broke his hand. With the puck, takes a shot. The guy absolutely tomahawk chops him. Absolutely. And I know we had all the power plays, so you're not going to make it a five on three. Go take a look at the video. And he's out for the series. So there you go. And they're going to complain about all the power plays, but the tomahawk chop, and we just watched it. He has to have surgery tomorrow. There you go. So I'm a little pissed, to be honest with you. I have to assume it's going to be more than the series, but hopefully he can come back. Hopefully the Hurricanes can hang around in the playoffs long enough for Teravainen to rejoin the club. Not good. It was a nasty game, and we're only halfway to four wins. Thanks to our friends at Dysart Willis, defending people the right way. High stakes litigation and defense, DysartWillis.com. That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. Check out the Canes Corner podcast brought to you by the, by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, morning after pod already in your podcast feeds right now. You would have listened to it by now if you subscribe. So go check that out. Uh, I'll say this about the Islanders. When when they went at Jordan Stahl to end the first period, that was an admission that they could not beat the Canes straight up. And this happens a lot to this team. They're a very frustrating team to play because of their puck possession, their relentlessness, all those things. So, fine. We view you teams of other teams have viewed the Canes as a finesse team for a long time now. The Candy Canes. Yes. 
But this group is not those previous groups. There's a little bit of a resiliency. There's a little bit more grit to this team. Now, that's going to go away if they keep getting hurt, which is a problem. And I think we were, it's funny, we were talking about this in a meeting today. The sense of urgency should have been after they took Stall out to end the first period and they started on a clean sheet of ice, two minutes of a power play, and they did nothing with it. That's when you bury the team. Like, oh, you, you're really not as good as us. You can't beat us. We're going to bury you. But the Canes don't have a player that can, a singular player that'll just make that happen, right? Just boom, buried, done. That's not how they play. That sense of urgency didn't really kick in until they trailed 3-2. That's when you saw the team come alive again. And that's why this team, regardless of the issues they might have, their deficiencies, that's always in their bag. Yeah, I didn't like how the Islanders responded to game one and then the end of the first period. I felt like the first game was two teams respecting each yeah. other, playing what I consider to be – we see this with Tampa and the Canes. Like, hey, you guys are good. We're good. Let's just play and see how this thing works out. Boston, the Rangers, Nashville. You remember Nashville? Oh, the Gosh, was, was I, the worst. I hated those Nashville games because it was the same deal. When you know you can't beat a team you know, straight up, you start with the nonsense. And unfortunately, the nonsense led to a real injury. And Rod Brindamore has every reason to be upset about Tavo Teravon and being out. W- wasn't I just telling this story about Kendall Marshall? Oh, his hand screwed up. Oh, and, and Bobby Fraser telling me. Joe, it's his hand. You can't shoot up his hand. You, it's kind of like hockey. Yes, it, while you have two hands, uh, you still need to be able to feel the stick and have the you know the 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 extension of your hands. So even if Taravainen were to be able to come back in the next series, I believe it would be a struggle. And, and you know, quite frankly, we have to stop expecting everyone to be in the best possible version of themselves, right? Like that was part of your argument with Freddie Anderson is, well, when he comes in, it's going to be the Freddie from, you know, the October of 21 Freddie when his hair was on fire and he was unbelievable and he was the best goalie in the NHL. I I think that player is gone. And and even with Tavo this year, he struggled this year. He struggled. He struggled. And let's be perfectly honest about who Tavo is. You're not going to like this. He's a loss leader. Because you spend money on him because he makes Sebastian Ajo better. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, they need to get more out of him. And if, if Ajo's not going to do more, and if we're not counting the other Ajo's yeah. accidental goal, then, you know, your, your best players at some point need to carry the load. And that's where I'm watching these games, and I'm going, where are the Dane, where's, where's the, you know, who's going to turn this thing on and make a play? They don't have it. Game one, it was Brent Burns on defense. Yeah. Yesterday, no, they, I mean, they have it. Yesterday, it was it was Jacob Slavin. Or when he goes into this mode, might, I go Jakob Slavin. You, you know who you're pointing out, though? Defense. Yeah. But I like that in the sense, when you I, yeah, lose Pacioretty, you lose Svechnikov, it's not fair to sit here and go, oh, yeah, Jack Drury's going to pick up the slack. No, no that's, that's not, not going to happen. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, 
is the number one Alabama super fan in my life. It is Dimitri. What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, hello, Joe. How are you? I'm I'm good, Dimitri. So you're all oh man, you're all bammed out. I need you to move a little are bit you to your, your there you go. The there, there, there you go. Yeah, what are you doing? That actually the one that was being framed was actually my Florida International department. Oh, oh nice. Nice. Yeah. I don't mean to brag. I've got two of them. <laughs> All right. So you went to Bama. You are a Bama apologist. Um, and Bryce Young is a Bama quarterback that looks like he's going to go number one to the Carolina Panthers. And Jillio and I have been concerned about the frame. All right. Like, is mm-hmm. he is he built for the NFL? It's easy to do this with Nick Saban. What do you call him? Alabama, the 33rd NFL team? Yes. It's easy to do that uh, with the talent they had. Panthers aren't exactly on that level. So are we wrong about this? What are we missing about Bryce Young here? Uh, you're not wrong to be concerned. I, I mean, the frame is the frame. I, I would trust that an NFL strength and conditioning program outside of the one in Baltimore, which is apparently run by literal clowns, <laughs> um, can put weight on him, right? And I think we've seen with Drew Brees, with Russell Wilson, even with the one season that Baker Mayfield had it working, like there are ways to succeed at not six feet tall in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, the Panthers have exactly two offensive linemen that I trust in, uh, in Bradley Bozeman and Deontay Brown, <clears throat> both Bama guys. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I do not the state genuinely guy? Not, not Icky Aquano. No, not him. The two Bama guys. Gosh. No, no, that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, but after I genuinely do worry that the Panthers are going to draft and immediately ruin my sweet, tiny Prince. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, it's not the frame. It's the frame that goes with his skill set because he's not a runner. Yeah. He's a quarterback. Like, okay, this is where people get confused about what Bryce Young is and what he isn't. So I wonder genuinely, and I spent all year saying this uh, every time Alabama played. I, I sometimes wonder with Bryce, is he so is he so poised? Is he so confident that the play is going to be there that he forgets that he can run? Mm-hmm. Like he he has that skill set, but I think he is so confident in his ability to make a play from within the pocket just by moving around that by the time he gets ready to take off, any lane he had has uh, has closed up. Overall, though, like I don't know how you teach that poise that he has. It's just miles above everybody else in this draft. Dimitri joining us. He is uh, the Alabama super fan. Um, what did you go to Alabama for again? Like movies? Yeah, uh, I have a film degree from the University of Alabama. Very, uh, very similar to an agriculture degree from the University of Alaska. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So here's the thing. Wait, was Mike DeBose the coach when you were there? Oh, Gillio. Gather around, let me tell you a tale. Oh. When Wait, I you're a real there. Bama fan. Oh, finally. No, legit. Oh, yeah. Wait, finally. He is a legit Bama fan, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, so here is what, Gillio, everything happening right now is owed to me. Because was Mike <laughs> DuBose the coach while I was there? Yeah. And so was Dennis Franchioti. And so was Mike Price. And so was Mike Shula. All of this is owed to me right now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got QBU for real, right? So, yeah. So how does – I guess this is another thing that – Not you, Joe Namath and Bart Starr. Well, all right. Here's here's the here's what I think is fascinating now. So the 
Alabama now has produced NFL quarterbacks, right? You see Jalen right. Hurts. Jalen Hurts gets credit, right? Uh, Alabama guy, right? Or is that? Uh, a, I'm are, not familiar are we... with him going to any other school. Right. He did go to Oklahoma and, and ball out. Yeah. That that never happened. I don't. Mm, I don't, don't recall. Don't recall. Benched by Alabama. <laughs> he did. For Tua Tungavailoa. Wait. Yeah. He legitimately got run off on campus. He's, he's the real Russell Wilson. And then you got Mac Jones, right? All these guys are starting. Cool. Right. So here's the next guy. In, I mean, in, by the way, Mac Jones, the best, the best Patriots quarterback I can remember. This is a good point. <laughs> And now you got Bryce Young, which I think is funny that now we have – it's like the co-sign happens. Well, you know, Nick Saban and look at the guys who are – Jalen Hurts just signed his contract. Meanwhile, C.J. Stroud was pretty damn good. He's pretty damn yeah. good. He went toe-to-toe with, Alabama, with with Georgia. But we're doing this thing. I'm like, well, look at all the Ohio State quarterbacks that never panned out. Sometimes I feel like just the Alabama co-sign is helping Bryce Young here, man, which is hilarious to me given that uh, Alabama went through all the things that you just talked about. No, listen, that is that is fair. Like this is a my children don't know how spoiled they are uh, with this Alabama that they are experiencing. Um, I would I would tell you that I think that Bryce Young had an absolutely undeniable 2021 season, which, you know, might give him the nod over C.J. Stroud a little bit. The other thing is just given where the Big Ten has been the last two years, C.J. Stroud has played three legitimately better than him or you know better than ohio state opponents and he's come up short every time michigan twice Mm -hmm. and uh and uh georgia and i know they were in that but they didn't get the job whoa we're assigning the miss kicked to cj stroud i mean he he, he could have made plays earlier and that miss kick wouldn't have he wasn't spectacular in that game he was spectacular, but was he spectacular enough, Jillio? That's what I'm asking you. Because he did what he needed to do to Sugar Bowl, put his Bryce team to Young win the game. Through. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I saw Bryce Young in the national championship against that same Georgia defense. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about the national championship game where he was down all three of his top receiving options? Don't yeah. give me this nonsense. Do you know what he doesn't have with the Panthers? That he's the same thing, man. You're going to be playing yeah, against no, an NFL defense Listen, without I NFL understand. receivers. I understand. And that is why I will not be a fan of the Carolina Panthers Bryce Young. But right now, he's still the Alabama Bryce Young, and I love him dearly, so shut your mouth. Wait, who was better in college, Bryce Young or Tua Tungabailoa? Which one of your sons do you like better, Jillio? Okay. Because that's what you're making me okay. do. And nothing wrong with Tua Tungabailoa. No, but no, I kind of feel I, like I, this is where we're we're losing Bryce Young, right? I want I want to compare him to a tongue of Iloa and to the size of Kyler Murray, and both of those quarterbacks last year were not available yeah. when necessary. No, I mean, listen, the the two a point is not lost on uh, me and the other residents of Bama Twitter. It, it is it is definitely a it's definitely something people notice for sure, especially because. You know, here were two talent wise, these are two of the best quarterbacks, if not the two best quarterbacks that Alabama has ever had. Talking talent wise, yes. right? Like you can't take away AJ McCarron's accomplishments and, and what Joe Namath became, et cetera, et cetera. But talent wise, these are the two best quarterbacks to ever play at Alabama. And both of them missed a big at least one big game because they just did not have the protection when they got outside of the pocket. You know how spoiled Dimitri is as a Bama fan? He's not, he's not spoiled. No, no, I gave no, him no. full he's credit though for now. being there he's during the Bose years. He's spoiled now because and knowing who that was. <laughs> he's, yeah, see, if he was a fake fan, he wouldn't even have known that guy. Away. 
So he's spoiled now, though, because when Alabama got knocked out of the NCAA tournament, now I might be misremembering this tweet, but I'm pretty sure you called Nate Oates just Mark Godfried without a penchant for golf. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just said this is Mark Godfried 2.0. That's but I've got to be. I've got right. to be. This, man, this man called Nate Oates like the hottest name in coaching right now. Mark Godfried 2.0. That's the level of spoiled Dimitri is right now with Alabama. Listen, I have good friends that are huge, huge, huge LSU fans that make fun of me as being a front runner fan for everything but football. And my response to them is, yes, why would I waste my time with the sports that are not Alabama football? <laughs> like Alabama losing in the NCAA tournament, honestly, to me, was like a, cool. oh, thank God, I can quit pretending. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dimitri. Um, appreciate it. Uh, I, uh, always you, a pleasure. You, you, By under, the way. you understood the assignment with the, with the Bama super fan. You got the Bama shirt on. You got the Bama hat. Is that a Bama my, cup? Uh, what do you got my there? Bama Nation uh, hot sauce here. What is Bama uh, Nation hot sauce? Nick Saban yeah, I mean, does it, not strike me as a spicy guy. What is no, Nick Saban daddies? actually has his own line of barbecue sauce, and it is terrible. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because it is time he needs to be spending. Uh, coaching up football and point. also selling Mercedes. That's a good point. Um, I, uh, I've got my stadium cup here and then um, my Tua Tungavailoa piggy bank, although for purposes of selling it in Alabama, Tua is one. <laughs> give him a tan at least. <laughs> that, is, that is the worst Funko Pop I've ever seen. All right, yeah. Dimitri. I'll talk to you later, man. A pleasure, boys. <laughs> it's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obius. If you miss any of our conversation with Dimitri, the Bama superfan, then uh, by all means, check it out on the YouTube channel. Yeah, Look he's, up he's got the bona fides to me. If he was there with Dubose, yeah. That's well, fine. it's not just Dubose. It's the whole, no, it's but the th whole run. There's man. A, listen, there the are Alabama run. fans our age who were conveniently, well, yeah, Gene Stallings, Bear Bryant, Gene Stallings, Nick Saban. No, sir. No. <laughs> there was a 20-year stretch there where you were, like, completely irrelevant. Thank you.